I don't know that I have been this excited for a news episode in a very long time. I thought you were excited about the last one we did. Uh, um, well, not the last one, the one before it where we had our, our wish list. You're pretty I was, excited I would, about that one. I was excited for that, and then the last one wasn't necessarily excitement as much. I, I mean, it was. It was <clears throat> excitement, but it was also just like anticipation. Yeah. It wasn't It wasn't what we were expecting, so it wasn't it didn't no. meet the same level. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> just a little bit of water here to, you know. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe okay. it's fair to say you haven't been this excited about actual news. About the individual news topics. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, I, it, ladies and gentlemen, and non-binary pals, this is the news. Hello, and welcome to the Movie Men podcast. The B Team. That's Carl, and that's Brady. And uh, yeah, as as alluded to it by saying it directly, we are doing another news episode. Um, news, and boy, news, 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 news. oh boy, are there some juicy bones to pick the meat off today. Mm-hmm. I cannot uh, wait. Uh, I'm looking at our little, I don't know if we can call, it, these are my, our sh- show bullet points. <laughs> they're our show notes. Yeah, they're, I, they're show they're notes. They're show notes, but they're, bu- they're bullet points. It's just a list of bullet points about what we're talking about. It's I kind of a, the show notes I send you are kind of like a, a kind of like a do your own adventure thing. <laughs> your mission, should you yeah. check? There you, is one you thing on here that when you sent it, uh, uh, sent it, I was like, the hell is this? I don't even know what, what is this about? I don't understand it. And I watched the trailer and I was like, okay, uh. what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's dive into it then. Uh, so uh, Carl and I are here in, in, uh, in Canada, uh, and up here in Canada, our like main go-to movie theater chain it's like bigger than all the others is uh, Cineplex. Uh, but that's not true down in the States, right? Down in uh, in Canada's pants. Oh, that was not, that That sounded weird. Canada's Whoa. shoes? No, it's their pants. Their pants. In Florida's in, the. As the what? I'm not, I'm not going to say it. This is a family-friendly show. <laughs> Canada's dirty underwear? Is that... <laughs> no, Florida Florida's the... Uh, okay, yep. Okay, moving on. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, Cineplex is, is not the go-to, um, mainly because it doesn't exist there. Um, but, yeah, you've got, you've got Regal Cinemas. You've got um, others... But one of the big ones is AMC, and AMC <clears throat> is not um, is not a name to be trifled with. AMC was was founded in 1920. It's a hundred and three years old. Mm. That's an old movie theater chain, yeah. y'all. Yeah. Um, and for the longest time, AMC was the best the best of the best and in many ways like if you're going for um seat comfort and just sort of the general aesthetic of the buildings like the the the, the spectacle that they create um and sound and image quality many would say that amc is still in the states the best of the best however AMC for like the last 10 years 10 15 years has just seemed to have this policy of 
screwing the customer over at every turn they possibly can, whether it be different subscription services that they offer um, to their movie theater or or price hikes or whatever it is. It, they just seem to have lost sight of what their business is and who it is. Like, the fact that it is your movie-going audience that is paying the bills, <laughs> that's yeah. keeping the it's, lights on. Like, we see a little bit of that, I think, too, with our cineplexes up here. And yeah, well, and yeah, and no Galaxy theater chain theaters. is perfect, for sure. Like, um, yeah. So, we are going to... This is this piece of news has to do specifically with AMC Theaters, which is not a Canadian chain, so it doesn't affect us here at home. Um, but the reason why I wanted to talk about it is twofold. One is... We have a lot of non-Canadian listeners. Secondly, sometimes when one business within an industry makes a move, others start to follow. Um, So this is something that could come to affect us eventually. So AMC theaters, this is something that many have speculated for a while might be a boneheaded move of AMC theaters, uh, and it looks like now it is finally happening. So, gone are the days where you used to line up to go see a movie, right? If you're buying tickets at any of the major chain movie theaters, you have pre-selected seating. You're going online or on your app well in advance, you're choosing your tickets, and you're selecting the seats you're going to sit in. Well... AMC theaters have decided that some seats in their theater are worth different value amounts. And uh, certainly that's true, right? Like, uh, I would agree to an extent. If you show up at the movies and the theaters, or you go to buy tickets and the theater's completely packed and you have to go in the neckbreaker seats right at the front, you know, it's, you're not getting the same value for your, for your, ticket that yeah. you are if you're sort of mid Been there it's not fun <laughs> if you're sort of mid middle of the theater or you know somewhere in around there so what amc theaters is now doing is they have three ticket tiers you have your what's called value seats and those are going to be the seats that are not super great <laughs> like those are your neck breaker seats those are the seats that are maybe like up in the far back in the corner, right? Or or wherever. There, there are seats where you don't either have a great seating, like comfort position, or your sight line is not super on point. Um, and they're calling those their value seats. And what they're doing is they're knocking, uh, we don't know for sure yet, but let's assume it's going to be probably about a dollar. They're going to knock about a dollar off of the regular ticket price, Okay. So that seems, that's so far, what's the issue? Okay, that's, yeah, all right. That seems that's, that seems quite reasonable. Then they have their, uh, like, standard seat or something. I can't remember, but, like, the middle tier seat. And those seats are going to be the same price that their movie ticket seats are currently. And those are going to be, you know, sort of maybe center in the back, center a little closer to the front than you would like, maybe center of the movie theater, but like off to either side type of thing, right? And so those are going to be your regular, where it's still a 
but it's still a great seat. Like, there's nothing wrong with that seat whatsoever. You can see it. You're not straining your neck. You're not blah, blah, blah. But you're not direct on. You're not in, like, a prime look at the seats we got kind of seats. Then they have their premium seat or whatever they're going to call their top tier seat. And these are going to be, you know, uh, uh, these are your go-tos. Center of the theater, maybe dead center of the theater or center and a little bit forward or center and a little bit back, depending on your preference. Um, My preference for that changes, you know, like if it's a 3D movie, I want to be sitting a little further back. If it's not, you know, yada, yada. Um, And these tickets are going to be a little more expensive than the standard ticket used to be. Um, And I'm guessing, although the value ticket is seeing like a one dollar um, discount. I'm guessing you can expect probably a two dollar price hike for for these premium seats. Um, so make no mistake, this is a money making scale. This this is something that will make more money for the movie theater. This is not throwing a bone to customers to offer them a cheaper seating. Thing. That that cheaper that cheaper bracket, which <clears throat> is going to be because it's not going to be an even divide either, right? Like of the seats that are considered the value seats, there will be the fewest number of those in the theater. Yeah, well, I think this is like this is obviously that like corporate trying to get as much money out of people as they can get, but at the same time. I think this kind of particular model is, is also beneficial to the consumer. So, because, so now when you buy seats, even in Canada, right to the big theaters, you have to pick your seat. You pay the same price, no matter what, you have to pick your seat when you buy your ticket at most of these big theaters now. Right. I'm not wrong in that. At least we do it on sound. Yeah. You pick your seat. Yeah. So let's say you, you, you get your ticket late. And all those prime seats are gone. And now you have to sit right up in front of the screen, but you're paying the same price as everyone else that, you know, so there, there is some value in that for the consumer as well. Sure. This so particular for, model for the poor planner right now for the poor planner. Yeah. Sure. You're going to save a buck. Yeah. But for the average moviegoer, who is already upset at the price of movie tickets and doesn't want to yeah. pay an additional, an doesn't want their movie to ticket to, to go, go to from theater. 13 up to $15 yeah. just so that they can sit in the seat that they've always sat in. It's, well, I don't I mean, know, it's bizarre. And I think I heard so, someone online was saying, well, what's the big deal? Because like they do this at concerts, they do this at sporting events. Like that, that's just, yeah. you're you pay a lot more for the better seats. Yeah. And, uh, but you know what? There's a really big difference. There is a really big difference between me sitting at the back or in a, like, there's a big difference between me sitting in the back corner of a movie theater where we're all looking at a screen versus me sitting in the back corner as opposed to right up front center at a ACDC concert. Yeah. You're actually closer to ACDC yeah, by I think paying more. My other thought on this is, is like, so I I don't go to the the theater 
as often as I used to, mostly because of the prices and then also because family life doesn't allow it as often. Um, but anytime I have gone and, you know, I buy my ticket, I pick my seat, I go in, nobody comes and checks to make sure I'm sitting in the right seat. No, no, so, never. So if I'm like, especially if I go, if I'm, if I'm going and the theater is empty, there's just 10 of us in a, in a theater that seats 30 or 40. I'm going to, and I know that's what the theater is going to be like. Cause this is the last week the theater has been, it going to be in, in the theater, the last movie, last week, the movie's going to be in the theater. Sorry. And it's not like a blockbuster film to begin with. I'm going to buy the cheapest seat and then I'm just going to move when the, th- just before the movie starts. Yeah. Or I'm yeah. going to go I mean, there anyway because nobody's going to come and check. And we've all <laughs> I, I mean I, I'm pretty sure we've all seat hopped in in relatively empty theaters, right? The show's about to start, no one else is showing up. Hey, there's actually if we all shift 3 seats to the left, we'll yeah. be much more center. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's hard to say. I hope this doesn't come to to Canada or to Cineplex just because again, like it's at the end of the day, this wasn't a decision made to no. the, this. This was a decision made to make more money. Yeah. Um, as opposed to in a time where, you know, theaters have just by the skin of their ass survived the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, and they're still in the process of trying to get people back into theaters to try to regain those numbers that they used to have. This isn't, this isn't, you know, focusing on how can we make more money? You make more money by getting more people coming to the theater. That's how you do it. And you don't get more people coming to the theater by taking some of the seats that people already normally sit in and jacking the price yeah, when you focus on the dollar alone, you you alienate your consumers. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, if if they continue this direction, it's the opposite. Obviously, the opposite direction they should go. The direction they should go is the direction that Japan theaters have been going and have been in for a long time. I don't know. How, do you know much about Japan theaters? I'm Japanese about theaters? to. Pardon? I'm about to. <laughs> so in Japan, uh, theater going to the theater isn't going to see a movie. It's not uh, something that they do frequently uh, as a culture. So it's when you do go, the theaters are an experience. It's like you you go the the options for food and drink are enormous. The the hospitality of the staff is extremely generous. A lot of times they'll have um, like little giveaways or perks or uh, think you like you get some, you, you walk home with something like not something you buy, not like in Canada, at the Cineplex theaters, you can like, you can upgrade your drink to the ginormous one and you get a little cool toy topper on your drink that you're going to forget about in a week and end up in the gra- in the garbage or behind right. some you pay big money for see again. Um, it's, it's a quote unquote collectible, but everybody's got one. So how collectible is it? Um, I mean, I'm looking at one right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, <I've, laughs> some of them are cool, but I mean, they're just, it's just cheap plastic, right? It is. And, but, but you pay for it. 
you have to upgrade your drink. Like the, the things that I'm saying that Japanese theaters give away is like it's it's all included in your ticket. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah. it's all about an experience. Like they they it's all about making the consumer feel like I'm getting something out of this. They're they're really treating me to a a movie going experience, not not oh you paid for the the ticket just for the movie. Now you got to pay for everything else. You know. So it's yeah, like that would be a much better direction to go. Then then people will want to go more. Then people will want to spend that. $40 for uh, a date night to the theater again. Like, like right now for me to go, Hey wife, it's Valentine's day. Let's go to the theater, which is a horrible date night <laughs> really. But <laughs> at this point in my life, but it, like, it's a lot of money. Like that $40 could be spent on like, that's, that's half of a really nice meal at a really nice restaurant. So, it is. It, it I and I mean, it depends. That. Like, here's the thing. Yes, theaters have gotten more and more expensive um, to go out to. However, let's say, let's say two of you go out, right? You each buy a ticket. Tickets. Let's say they're they're fifteen bucks each, right? Which I think is actually rounding up for our theaters a little bit. But let's say they're fifteen bucks each, just for easy math. So that's 30 bucks for your movie tickets. Now, let's say you drop 20 bucks at concession, which is not hard to do. Um, you do that but also, quick. you can come in under, like, if you're just getting a large popcorn to share and you each get a drink, you're probably <clears> looking <throat> at like 15, 16 bucks, right? So let's say you're 45 to 50 bucks for a night at the movie. It's still pretty much the cheapest date night you like it it is still yeah. like to go to like value. a fancy restaurant you're gonna pay more yes but if i go to a fancy restaurant i'm gonna i feel like i'm gonna get more out of it as well yeah we right? just that, went that's what to, i'm saying like the ja yeah. a japanese theater viewing experience compared to a north american one is the, the what you get out of it is not sure. just a movie you get For sure. an experience you get uh, a good time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not just the movie when you go mm -hmm. to a theater in Japan. Yeah. We went out for dinner. We did like a, a Valentine's day thing the other night. Uh, and we went out, we went out to the keg, yeah. right? Which is not, I, I get the kegs like on the higher end of, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but we did that. We had like, you know, I had made some tips, some tip money at work and, and we had some cash from Christmas and stuff like that, so we're, that we had kind of like set aside for treating ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, dinner was like 175 bucks. Yeah, <laughs> like it was like okay, yeah. all right, well. Well, and that's the that's, yeah, uh, and then there's that. That's the other thing too, right? Like, if you're going to the movies, are you going to dinner first, or are you having dinner at the theater? Because Either way, you're yeah, it paying all a lot depends. of money for going out to eat too, uh, with the theater experience on top of it. So, it's, yeah, it, yeah. Or in North America, with the, kind of the view, or at least in Canada here, like if I had a choice to choose between going to the movies and having a cheap dinner, or going to a really nice restaurant with my wife, I'm going to the nice restaurant, <laughs> like hands down. I'll okay. I'll, yeah. I'll go to the theater by myself or. I'll go to my local cheap theater 
<laughs> here in town. I mean, Hanover. and not every, obviously not everyone's going to agree with that. Like no, that's, no, you know. But, but that's, anyways, moving on. Yeah, moving on. Um, so a while back we got news that Constantine Two, uh, a sequel to the Keanu Reeves Constantine movie, um, was in the works, was in development. Uh, and then things were quiet for quite a while. And Constantine is one of those characters that has not gotten a lot of screen attention, right? So we, we had Keanu Reeves's Constantine, and then we had the, the CWs, right? Like there was one or two seasons of a Constantine show, uh, and then Constantine was a reoccurring character on the Legends of Tomorrow show, um, which I really liked that version, right? There's a, I have a lot of issues with the CW DC stuff. Um, there are a lot of things that I do like, and and the Constantine in, the, in that universe was, was one of the things I liked for sure. Um, but things have been quiet for a while. And then with all of the shakeups that we got with the DC Universe and James Gunn and Peter Safran and what's happening and what isn't happening, rumors started to circle that that movie was dead in the water. That kind of made sense, right? It's kind of like, okay, you know, we're DC's coming in or James Gunn, the new leadership is coming in. Anything that was already made or pretty much like was made and pretty is pretty much done with exception of the Batgirl movie. Um, we're going to release because it's done. It's, you know, it's done. We think they're good projects We're you know, we found a way to tie it all in. Um, so we're going to do it. But it kind of made sense also that like anything that, you know, was just sort of a couple of ideas and some sticky notes up on a, a whiteboard. Well, yeah, we're going to we're going to sit on that for now because we have different plans. Uh, well, it turns out those Dems still the plans. Um, it's been confirmed by James Gunn that the Constantine movie is still in development. Um this raises a lot of interesting questions for me. I, mainly, mainly being, is this like, does that mean that Keanu Reeves as Constantine is going to be canon to the DCU? Mm. Is this going to be an Elseworlds <clears throat> story like, um, like Matt Reeves as Batman and Todd Phillips Joker? Um, but what, yeah, what, what does this mean? Um, either way, I, this is something I'm excited for. I, I think the first one's great, um, kind of underrated, or at least has just kind of like fallen to the wayside. Like people don't, a lot of people don't even remember that that was a movie or even know, right? Like Constantine's one of those properties that you could go watch Constantine and not realize oh, that was a comic book movie. Mm. That was a, that's, it's like a DC unit. Like this guy exists in the same world as like Superman and Batman exists. Um, but so anyways, I'm excited for this. What are your thoughts? And, and do you, do you predict this is going to be part of the DCU proper? Or is this going to get its own standalone off on its own treatment? I mean, I didn't even realize this was going to be a thing until <laughs> till I see these show notes. <laughs> okay, well, what do you like, it wasn't it wasn't part of James Gunn's announcement. Why wasn't it in the announcement? If this is a if this is a Warner Brothers thing that's happening I, and is in development, I like, don't know. Where's I that announcement? Know. Why wasn't this here? Like, 
This seems like big news. So that makes me think it's not part of DCU proper. Right. Uh, As far as Keanu Reeves, Constantine, his first movie, I think it was all right. I think he did a pretty decent job at playing Constantine. Uh, I think there are better. I like Keanu Reeves as an actor. I think there are better actors for the role. Yeah, quite so quite possibly. Not, I hope they I'm cut not his overly hair. Overly excited about it, but yeah, I'm sick of long-haired me, Keanu. I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'd be interested. Well, in co- the first Constantine, this would might require him to cut his hair to because in the for his first Constantine movie, he had a shorter haircut. Wow, well, but I mean, similar to what Constantine in the newest has in, the in the newest Matrix movie, we had long-haired Neo. So I don't. Yeah. I, I mean, that doesn't mean. But <clears throat> anyway, yeah, I I think there are better people for the role. I can, I think it's probably going to be. Uh, an elsewhere if, is that the term he, that gun used else, else worlds else yeah. world an else world story kind of um i, I don't think it's necessary <laughs> but no but I i'll mean, probably I, i'll probably watch it i'll probably enjoy it as long as it's well made i mean i enjoyed the first one well enough so i have no doubt yeah. that this one will be better like you have to keep in mind that constantine was a comic book film that came out in 2005. So you kind of have to hold it to what were the what were the um comic book movies that we were getting in the 2005 era. Spider-Man's, um, X-Men's. Yeah, and as far as like a Constantine goes, like if you compare the first Spider-Man to the type of comic book movies that we're getting now, like the first Spider-Man holds up because it's got amazing nostalgia and we all love it and blah blah blah. But it 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 la- it's got a certain campiness, it's got a certain um not super groundedness. It's got like a a, a bright vibrantness to it that yeah. is consistent with that time, right? Yeah. So like even this- in 2004 the first Hellboy, which I love that movie. I think that's a yeah, fantastic movie. But yeah. it is also Rump very it. it is also very two thousands comic book movie. Like it's I, not if they made a new it, I know the David Harbour one. I would say one, the first Constantine fell into that category though. I think it would no? be more closer to the way Blade was filmed than in terms of the color palette and the color the, uh, yeah and the the, the the tone of the film. Um, that's fair it, it's a little darker it's it's not it's not uh, like it it's because you're dealing with angels and demons and and witchcraft and sorcery and all that stuff and they they very much kind of make it a, it's a darker film <clears throat> it's on my I, like i actually have it's on netflix it's on my watch list i want to watch it again before even before i found this film this film was it kind of in development like it, it's something i've wanted to rewatch because i i did enjoy the first one well enough yeah. So uh, yeah. I'm kind of more interested in watching that first one again. Now. Do you know Ghost Rider came out in 2007 and a year later we launched the MCU? <clears throat> Just like that really? was a film. I, I have nostalgia for the, like, I, I, I'm sure I haven't seen it in a long time. And I'm sure if I go back and watch it, it's not that great. Um, but I have nostalgia for the first uh, for the first Ghost Rider, just because it was a movie I watched when I was young. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that thing was like dead in the water with what was right around the corner, eh? Yeah. Like, 
Yeah. And but the no, I, 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 the second I, one didn't do it any favors either. No. And I get, I get what you, wow. Cause it was like, is it a sequel? Is it not a sequel? Like they just yeah. kind of threw their the own fir- continuity. The first one did a pretty good job. And then yeah, the second one, they just kind of did some, made some really weird choices. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I get what you're saying and, and it's not a rule of thumb for sure for comic book films, because another one, if you take the Thomas Jane Punisher, mm. right. But I mean, yeah. Punisher, I, Punisher is a film that you, much like Blade, you can't, there's no way to do it campy, right? There's no way to do a Punisher in the same vein as like the, the Fantastic Four films that came yeah. out. That's that's Thomas Jane's Punisher deserved a sequel too. That was so good. such a good yeah. yeah. As opposed There's a to a lot of people that don't like Tom Jane as Punisher, but I, I I yeah, I thought it was great. Is here's a question and I'm sure I've looked this up before and if it is it's a really really poor hang on. I just want to read uh is a reboot. Okay, yeah. I did not like Warzone. I thought like Warzone yeah. I got was more comically ac- or comic accurate in a lot of yeah. ways. Like it was a lot really, darker too. It was a lot darker, but it just like, you know, I wanted, I wanted a sequel, right? Yeah. yeah it had microchip there, in it and it had, there chainsaw. is a bit of a sequel to it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there's like a, there's like a oh. Tom Jane and somebody else. There's, I think it was during like, like doing laundry strike or something. They, they did like this little laundry thing. Where Thomas Jane, and I don't think he's he's like officially the Punisher, quote unquote, in this short, right? But uh, like, he's the Punisher. He's got like a black van, and it's it's called like Laundry Day or something like that. And he beats up a bad guy and saves a person in need. And <laughs> you know what? And this is this is it's certainly an anomaly. Uh, it's it, it they're kind of in some bizarre way there kind of is a sequel in probably one of the very few good video games based on a movie property because the Punisher, the Thomas Jane Punisher video game was oh, yeah. super was solid really and <laughs> serves as I, you know, could be, oh, could be a sequel. It is, it is, uh, I Googled it really quickly here. Uh, the first video that pops up here in a Google search is July 16th, 2012. And it's it is titled The Punisher Dirty Laundry. Right. It's a, yeah, there it's you go. Tom so he's James playing Frank. Punisher. Yeah. Cool. All right. So moving on. We have um listen, a little while back you and I were talking about Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse and where we were going to go with Spider-Man properties moving yeah. forward. The, the opportunity. We talked about yeah, we talked about how some of those, like you sort of speculated that maybe um, we would see sort of a live action multiverse movie where some of the characters from Spider-Verse would get sucked into live action and so on yeah. and so forth. And I thought, oh, you know what? That'd be really cool. I kind of had my, my, I still have my doubts that something exactly like that will happen. Um, but we have now gotten word that there is a Spider-Man noir franchise series coming yeah. to Amazon. Um, that, Nicholas Cage better damn su- well beat Spider-Man noir too. <laughs> so this isn't super I will, surprising. I will, I will boycott this film if he's not. <laughs> it's Well, it's a series. Here, but here. 
this, I'll, this I'll make a I'll make a petition and we'll send it off. It's <laughs> It's not super surprising that this deal is happening because Amazon is already working on a silk series. Um and Amazon has said that they are that like this silk series is one of their top priorities. Like they're mm. really going serious about this. Um so it looks like yeah, it looks like Sony is going to continue to allow Amazon to sort of build and flesh out the live action Spider-Verse, at least as far as like t- television series go. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's it's what we know about it is that it's set in the 1920s um, and that it is sort of like a detective-y kind of whatever, that it's not a Peter Parker story, um, that this is a, a different Spider-Man. Um, and yeah, you know what? We don't know anything about the role. We don't know anything specifically about the character. We don't know if this is sort of a direct tie-in to the Spider-Man noir that we got from the Into the Spider-Verse, or if this is just sort of its own kind of thing. Um, but if it is a tie-in, yeah, like if it's a 60, like, you know, you could have, if they're going for like an older style Spider-Man who's been at this a while, you know, he was a cop and now he's a detective and he, you know, so on and so forth. I think Nick Cage would be like amazing in this role. Yeah. Amazing. I, I just had this crazy thought. So it's, if anybody's seen, hasn't seen comics or into the spider verse or anything spider-man noir is always depicted in kind of like as a black and white kind of universe like the 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 images and or the the live action or or not live action but the animation is always black and white like a black and white film i I think you're about to say exactly where i was going next so continue i'm so intrigued i hope i hope they do this almost exactly the way sin city was done. that's exactly what i was about to minus say. Or the minus spirit. the colors like the vibrant the the odd vibrant color like just get to, yeah just like the the weird um views on the city and when people are driving like there's this kind of uh yeah as a noir film sin city is so good yeah and that it kind of like i can just see spider-man's uh, I don't even know if Spider-Man Noir swings, does he? Does he have webbing? Uh, I feel like he doesn't. I tend to think no. Anyway. I kind of think no. <laughs> I don't know enough about Spider-Man Noir. I just know that as a as a visual, he, it's a, always black and white, and he's a detective-y kind of Spider-Man. And yeah, I think that yeah, would like be- Like he uses guns and- Yeah, that would be really cool if they had like this whole Sin City ambiance uh, in the mm-hmm. film. Yeah, like he wears a trench coat and boots. And like, yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. Even even the movie, even the movie, The Spirit, which was not a super great film, um, but it still had that kind of like because it's made it's it's made by. Um, uh, oh, why am I why am I gapping? Um, anyways, it's done very much in the same kind of weird visual aesthetic as sin city is um and so yeah i think i think that's definitely the way to go definitely the way to go and you do that and you stick nick cage behind the mask i mean come on 
Mm. That's that's it'll a be, recipe it'll, for it'll Frank Miller. Frank Miller's the director. That's yeah. that's what. And, and here's the thing. That's who you got to get. I mean, you don't have to. But can you imagine Frank Miller directing <laughs> a Spider-Man noir series? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, man. Like, It'd be so good. Oh, oh. Okay. Moving on. So, Disney. We talked a while ago, um, a while ago now, about some of the shakeups that happened over at Disney with mm-hmm. Bob Chapek getting the boot um, and the one, the only, the phenomenal Bob Iger returning as acting CEO of Disney. Uh, and we knew that a lot of things were going to change. One of the things that have changed, we're not going to dwell on this much, but one of the things that have changed um, for the better, and because this was something that I had brought up initially was that um, Bob Chapek had, like, hired all of his golf buddies to, like, work in these high positions above Kevin Feige and above, like, all these other, like, just basically took so much of the creative ability out of the hands of the creators, right? Basically said to Kevin Feige. I I just wasn't interested. Yeah, basically said to Kevin Feige, like, (laughs) you know, you can make a movie. um, but you don't get to choose whether that's going to go to theaters or if we're going to stick it on Disney plus, which is absurd. Absolutely absurd. Um, So one of the things that has happened is they have recently announced um, sort of a company restructuring. um, And in that company restructuring is there's, they're cutting 7,000 jobs. Um, just superfluous stuff stuff people who are in like micromanaging positions and and you trimming know the and fat. the like trimming the fat um and something like something like five billion dollars a year they're saving in doing this <laughs> like it's it's yeah. it's a good <clears throat> chunk of change um so Something else that has happened is we've gotten some big films announced. Some films that some of them I'm looking at going, hmm, okay, okay, let's talk about this. And others I'm looking at and going, what took you so long? <laughs> like, if you look at the success of, of they're all sequels. They're all follow-ups, by the way. Um, and if you look at the success of the ones that came prior, you look at the value of the IPs you're sitting on, what the hell took you so long? <laughs> Like, why, why did this, why was this such a slow burn? Okay, so the first one up is Zootopia 2. Um, listen, I've seen Zootopia a couple of times, and I think it's cute. I think it's charming. We all love the, the sloth scene. Mm-hmm. Um, Very memeable. <laughs> but it's just, ne- like, Zootopia has never grabbed me the way that like other people seem to be enamored with this film. And I like, I get it. It's, you know, it's good. It's fine. It's, you know, whatever. Um, it it wasn't, you know, wasn't my thing so much. Um, but the first Utopia, which came out in, uh, 2016, Currently has a 98% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a 92% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And it paid it made 1.025 billion billion with a B dollars at the box office. 
an animated film that was not a sequel, had no pre-existing IP, made just over a billion dollars at the box office. And here, seven years later, I'm saying, what took you so long? (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) Why was this such a, you know, and it wasn't, it's not a nobody cast either, right? You've got Jason Bateman in it. Um, you've got, what's her name? Uh, Jennifer Goodwin, who is known for, she was in Walk the Line. She was in the, she played Snow White in the Once Upon a Time television series. Um, Idris Alba was in it. J.K. Simmons. You've got Shakira in it. So, <laughs> yeah. Zootopia 2, is it yay or nay? Does this make sense to you? Is this something uh, that you're looking forward to? Talk to me. Uh, <clears throat> I guess I'm interested I don't know. Maybe I'm of an older era that doesn't really care about animated sequels because we grew up where animated sequels were horrible. Not all of them, but but a lot. Like yeah. 90%. Like I and this is kind of a segue to to one of the other titles, but like I kind of blame probably like Toy Story for this. Like but prior to Toy Story, most sequels to animated flicks were bad or, or just un, un, direct to direct to DVD or not DVD direct to VHS. At the time. I think, well, I think that's right? important like, is that you're talking about a bunch of sequels that I'm were talking about like Aladdin made. two or right. So, or, so these are sequels. You know, hang on. These Little are Mermaid sequels. Two. Like nobody hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. These I don't are know sequels, anybody that watched these. <laughs> these are sequels that were made directly for straight to home video. They yeah. were not sequels that had, and usually you know, they weren't that great compared to the original. Well, no, they, they had they like had next lower to no budget, and, and it was just like it was just cash grab, easy money. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so I don't. This isn't like to me. This isn't like go like getting hyped up for the next Marvel film because it's breeding into a reading into a larger narrative. Um, It's the first Zootopia had a nice happy ending kind of wrap things up with a nice pretty bow. There are sure there are some, you could have some unanswered questions like what do they do now and what's next for these characters and you know, what happened to the sloth (laughs) like there you can, of course you can have there are questions that can be answered, but I mean, that doesn't need, mean you need to make another film. So on one half, one part of me is just like, why? It's just, you're just wrecking, like, what, what's the point? And the, the other half understands that, you know, like, you know, it is easy money for, for Disney. It's a sure it's, that it's a sure bet that you're going to get ticket sales because it's, it's a beloved it's property. Show, show business. Yeah. <laughs> show business. So, and, and that, and then kind of with that, that other part, you know, part of me is curious and I'll, I might end up watching it, but yeah. And I mean, you know, what a movie, part of me is pretty strongly going, why a movie, but <laughs> you know what? A movie point? being tied up with a bow doesn't, you know, like the, the first toy story doesn't ask for a sequel. No. And that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying. I think toy story is the exception is no toy story is the, is the, is is to blame for these sequels 
these like movie the theater level sequels instead of direct to DVD sequels. Oh, okay. But the theater level sequels historically have been better than far better. Direct to yes. video. Yeah. Far better. Okay. So, so it, to it, like prior to that, instead thing. of making, instead of making a mermaid two better quality, they look to make uh, an Aladdin. And then after right. Aladdin, okay. instead of making Aladdin two high quality to go to theaters, they look to make, um, Tangled and Princess and the right. Frog, okay. and you know what I mean. Okay. Like, let's let's do something new and fresh and fun, right? Instead of let's revisit these old characters that whose story has essentially been told. We're just we're just kind of pulling at um, whatever's left of the story to be that we can possibly tell, right? right? So, yeah. Which, okay, which, so yeah, I don't know. I'm, part next- of me is excited. Part of me is. Eh. Next then up, that, that'll we have, go for all of these. Zootopia is probably out of all of these is the one I'd be I'd be most interested in. Oh, interesting. See, I'm the opposite, and and it's the one that I'm you know that from a number standpoint I can look at and I can go yes, like this makes this yeah. makes lots of sense. Go ahead and make it. Um, but I'm also <laughs> like eh, eh. Okay. For for me, it's a numbers aspected in that it's two instead of the third or the fifth. <laughs> Right. Okay. So next up we have Frozen 3. Now Frozen, listen, Frozen is still, the the cultural and and pop zeitgeist impact that Frozen has had, right? Like to this day, Halloween comes around and and 20% of the girls walking up and down the street are dressed up either as Elsa or Anna. Like it's just, it has had legs, like almost nothing has had legs before. The first Frozen movie. It's it's this generation's Toy Story. The first Frozen movie has a 90 and 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. It made $1.28 billion. The second Frozen movie has a 77 and a 92. So 92, the audience still really loved it. And that shows because it made a $1.45 billion. Mm. So you have an animated series that only has two entries and has made the company almost $3 billion. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. That's, uh, it's, it's it time it to do another one. To because of those toy and... Yeah, dress it's, up sales. It's, it's time to do another one. And also, yeah. again, this one came out in in the second one came out in 2019. What took you so long? <laughs> <laughs> like, why why were you sitting on this? Why if if it's even if you make a third one, even if you make a third one and it doesn't crack a billion, it makes eight hundred million dollars. That's eight hundred million dollars. There's there is zero film. That looks at eight hundred million dollars as a bad day at the office. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that. Even MCU films, even MCU films are happy with. Now, I there's a couple of exceptions, right? Like if the next big Avengers come out and it makes eight hundred million, they'll be like, "Oh, that's not as much as we were expecting." But I'm telling you right now, when Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania drops, which is they're they're chalking this thing up to be a really big film. Right or Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is right around the corner. Yeah, it may crack a billion. It may not crack a billion. 
if it makes eight hundred million dollars, we're cracking we're cracking champagne. We're lighting yeah. cigars. A lot of <laughs> like that's 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 amazing. Ah, <sighs> yeah. So, what are your thoughts? Frozen. Listen, <clears throat> the first Frozen I think is actually really good and cute. That song, um, the whole "Let It Go" song, which yeah. was it became everybody kind heard of whether you've seen the film or yeah, not. it became a little irritating after a while. But you know what? From a marketing standpoint, oh, just that let song it go, was Brady. <laughs> from a marketing standpoint, <laughs> that song was brilliant. Yeah, like that song was genius. Yeah. And then Somebody the second the one came out. Took that and they ran all the way to the bank. Exactly. The second one came out. There was another song in there. I can't remember. I've only seen the second one once. Um, but it was probably just as good of a song as the first one, uh, as as "Let It Go" from the first one. Mm-hmm. And. Um, and yeah, I this is this is a, again this is a strong franchise. It's it's kind of Disney's like little golden egg right now. Um, have you seen? I I mean, you have a daughter. So I'm assuming you've seen both Frozen films. So I'm, I'm gonna blow your mind a little bit here. I haven't seen any of the Frozen films. Really? No. Oh, you're doing yourself a disservice. And yeah. I I'm saying that <laughs> from like I'm you know I I I think they're overrated just because. I'm not the dem- like I'm just not the right demographic for it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't even think they are something. I don't even think my daughter has seen them. Really? Because well, oh, I, you're I, a bad parent. I, I've mentioned before that she's got a she's she's pretty sensitive when it comes to scary material. And when I say sensitive, I mean right. like yeah, even okay. if it's just somebody on screen talking about something scary, she she wants to turn it off. Now she's. She's 10 now, so she's grown out of that quite substantially. Like, we watched uh, the movie Inkheart this past Friday. Okay, yeah, that's Frazier. got some I'd got never some seen scenes it before. In it. Great film. Yeah, it's um, good. And there's some pretty freaky parts in that film, and she didn't, like, wince. I didn't hear her kind of get scared at all. It should have mm. had a sequel. So she's, she's does it have a sequel? No. No, no. it should have. That doesn't need a sequel. Um, <laughs> this, this will be a running theme for this, this part of the, the thing is, I, I, and I think it's well known that I'm not a huge sequel <laughs> guy or remake guy. Um, some of the best movies are sequels made it, some of the best movies. Yeah. And, and, and movies anyway, that didn't ask for, I don't a sequel. think she saw it either mainly because of that, but uh, yeah, some of Star the best, se- some of the best movies are sequels. I will give you that. Star Wars was but, not begging for a sequel. <clears throat> It's true. Uh, George Lucas always intended it to be a trilogy, though. Well, sure. Right? You can't, you can't tell me. You can't tell me that the people who wrote Frozen, who wrote Zootopia, who wrote all the other Disney no, animated I, no, agreed. properties, agreed. when they sat down and wrote it, they were thinking, hey, man, this is going to make a, a great movie for uh, an anthology of films. Agreed. <laughs> like okay. that's not where their mindset was at. They looked, set out to make a singular good story. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And 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 in my mind, when it comes to animated films like this, that's all they should be. Wreck It Ralph didn't need a sequel. The sequel was not as good as the first one by a long stretch. Like I just make something new, right? Like. Disney has got talent coming out of its butthole and 
they wasted on making sequels, in my opinion. Okay, but okay. Here's the thing: we, whenever someone says like, "Oh, there's nothing original in Hollywood anymore," people say that as if there isn't original movies coming out every other week, and there is, but they're also making sequels because sequels is is smart business. It's a sure bet. It's a potential sure bet. (laughs) If you set up a lemonade stand this weekend and you make 600 bucks in the course of four hours, right? You don't go, well... I'm going to sell lollipops next week. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to sell it because I want to be original. No, you're getting your ass out there. You're buying twice the amount of lemons. I, I understand that from a business aspect, right? I completely understand their business decisions. But from a creative aspect, from a, from a, an in, from my own personal like interest in seeing uh, unique individual stories or different takes on old stories at like Aladdin or Little Mermaid or whatever, like these old fairy tales, right? Like, I would much rather see a a new story than Zootopia two, Frozen two, three. You know, like they've got just as many unique stories as they do uh, sequels, and the unique stories I think are hands down always better. Up, uh, um, uh, The Incredibles. Um, uh, what's the one with the robot? Uh, Wally. Wally. Right, like these are incredible films, mm-hmm. for right? sure. Right, and I'd be much more interested in seeing a new incredible film property than going to see any of these sequels. Okay, that's, that's just where that's just where my personal tastes are at. Yep. No. Right. And, that's, and, that's and I, like I said, fair. I completely understand the business decision. It's it's an easy paycheck for Disney, uh, especially if they put the time and effort into making it done well like frozen two did apparently i don't i don't see it um wreck it wreck it route like wreck it ralph two is not nearly as good as the first one i think hands down the first one is far and above better but the second one is all, still good like them surfing around the internet is great a great time so like i get it from a business standpoint i would just prefer something different sure and, okay. and new all right so moving on this is a hot one. Toy Story 5. Four. What? Five. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, Pete and I reviewed. I, I've made it no no secret. I have not been discreet at all about the issues that I, I took with Toy Story 4. Um, I haven't seen it because I listened to the podcast first. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. bothered. We're we're gonna we're we're gonna double feature. I'm gonna I'll come over. We'll watch Suicide Squad. Well, actually, first we'll watch Toy Story four, <laughs> then we'll watch Suicide Squad, so we can end on a on a happy end on a high note. High note. It li- listen. It um. So I, I I'm gonna spoil it because it's 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 been out for a while and you know mind. blah blah blah. <laughs> um. It Toy Story four basically. I you know it, the way Toy Story three ends. Which by the way, okay. Let's first of all let's talk about Toy Story. Okay. So Toy Story comes out. It it 
breaks the world basically yeah. because it's the first full length computer generated film. Um, it's fantastic. It's fun. Pixar cuts it's, their teeth really well. Yeah, it's just it's just it, it, incredible. Yeah, and they end it with really no need for a sequel. Yep. Toy Story two comes out. Toy Story two is, is a great movie. Like mm-hmm. Toy Story two is Absolutely. every bit as good, if not better, than t- the first Toy Story, yeah. in my opinion. That's and that's why I'm saying I blame Toy Story two for all this. Right. So then Toy Story, (laughs) then we find out a number of years later that Toy Story 3 is coming. And I think there was some excitement, but there was also some, uh, I don't know, like the second one is so good. And can you really get lucky three times in a row? Can you, can you have that amount of success, that amount of Can you actually make a trilogy out of something that was never meant to be a trilogy? Yeah. (laughs) Toy Story 3 is, in my opinion, one of the greatest animated films. Mm. Like, it is, you're crying, and you're laughing, and you're, it is just heart-wrenching at times. It is so phenomenal. And so, and and there were doubters. Lots of people doubted. People were like, Toy Story 3, I, I don't know. And, the naysayers were silenced because Toy Story 3 was incredible. And really, whereas the other two didn't ask for a sequel, Toy Story 3 really felt like it it put a stamp on the envelope. It was like it it was this beautiful little bow. It was this perfect ending. Um and and yeah, it just it gave it gave the closure we didn't know we needed. Like, it was mm. just this really nice conclusion. Yeah. And then they said Toy Story 4 was coming. Now, look, <laughs> I was like, uh, even at that point, I was like, okay, it, it you ended it so nicely. Like, it had a really nice yeah. ending. There's films that aren't asking for sequels, but then there's films that, like, ended so perfect that, it like it almost does an injustice to continue it. Yeah. Toy Story Four came out. Now, Toy Story Four clearly it was still a smart decision because Toy Story Four made just over a billion dollars. Right? It's a billion dollar film. Okay, so that's right there. That's good business. It has a ninety seven and a ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know what people are smoking. But that's fine. <laughs> if you listen, if you liked Toy Story Four, I could not be happier for you. I envy you. I wish I could find the same enjoyment. There are some really great moments. There are moments that I do enjoy from Toy Story Four. I disagree with other people when it comes to um, the appropriateness, the 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 true to the characterness of of sort of. Woody's story arc in this that he decides you know what I I don't want to be someone's toy anymore I'm going to become a lost toy and I'm going to help other toys find their 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 owner forever right and and I get that right that like it's still kind of in line with like you know Woody like 
his whole big thing has been, we are toys. Our job is to make kids happy. That is our, like, he has been the spokesperson of that. And so there is something poetic about him sacrifice, you know, that he's, they're with Bonnie now because Andy's gone off to college. And I think, you know, deep down, he, he kind of has never, he's never felt like Bonnie's toy, Right, he 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 was Andy's toy, Mrs. Andy, right. um, and so if he can't have Andy, then it, he can He's help a one other kid toys. Toy. <laughs> yeah, he can help other toys find their Andy, and I kind of get it. I, I I do. I see how that's sort of in line with who Woody is, but I just it it didn't work for me. Um, my biggest beef with with it was they completely sidelined and dumbed down. And idiified. That's the a spork. word I'm cr- creating. No, Buzz. Oh, I thought you were going to say the spork. No, Buzz. The spork, the spork <laughs> is hilarious. He's like, he's one of the best redeeming qualities of the film. Buzz is a bumbling idiot in this film. Like, Buzz is straight up stupid. He doesn't mm. seem, he's hardly in the film. And when he is in the film, he's like. He kind of regressed as a character. He's like completely spaced out and isn't useful in any way whatsoever. And he's kind of having like this existential crisis about basically the whole his whole arc in the film is that it when he presses the buttons on his chest and it goes like you know it's an uncharted mission and you know whatever um that that's like his inner voice and he's got to listen to his inner voice and he's but he's just it's just like stupid he starts like pushing those buttons to listen to his inner voice while there's people around and it's causing an issue. And it's just like, what, <laughs> why is buzz an idiot? All of us. So I yeah. just, it, but anyways, yeah, sounds like a complete I, regression from all the progress he's made in character growth. Yeah. When Pete and I reviewed toy story four, I wrote like during, like off the cuff during the review, I wrote what I think, would have been a better Toy Story 4. The only thing that I thought was like, okay, this this, this I would buy. This I would buy as the extra bow on top of the bow. And it's dark and it's uh, it's a little morbid. And so like I, I get why, you know, maybe this wasn't the route they went because they want to still keep it like super kid friendly and stuff. But my idea, if you'll humor me, sure. is it's years later. Right, like it's 60 years have passed since Toy Story 3. Is this like a post-apocalyptic story? No, no. (laughs) It's like 60 years. And somehow, I don't know, you know, people who are more creative than me could figure out how the plot device comes into play. But the toys catch wind of the fact that Andy is either in a hospital or he's in a long-term care. He's an old man. He's a very old man now. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't have a whole lot of time left. He's dying. And so the journey that they go on, they're sort of, you know, like the the adventure that they go on is, is traversing to find Andy. And the, 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 the crux of the film, the climax, the end, the heart wrenching moment, is, you know, they all find him, you know, whatever, and Andy, like, looks over, and all of a sudden his toys are on the the floor of the the, the hospital room or whatever, and, and he, he doesn't understand why they're there, but he's like, oh, they're my tie. I haven't seen these things in 60 years, and, and Woody and Buzz and, and all this stuff. And 
And the crux of the film, whether the toys are still lying there on the ground or they're out in the hall or, you know, like whatever happens, Woody reveals himself to Andy. Woody has a conversation with Andy. And I don't know how you'd have to write that in a way that it would like not seem tacky, that it would like all, but it's, I mean, it's Pixar. So I, you know, they could do it. They could write Mm. that in a way that would be heart wrenching. But the film is just like Woody and Andy finally talking to each other. And, and, Andy's crying and Woody can't cry because he's a toy. <laughs> he's but he, a toy. But, but he's like, you know, he's got the crying face. Like he's got the, the depressed Sad face. And, yeah. and it's like, oh, like even just talking about it now, I'm like, this would be so good. <clears throat> so good. So anyways, we're getting Toy Story 5. And I sent you the thing for it. And I said, you said why? And I said, so that they can use time travel to retcon Toy Story 4. <laughs> make it so it didn't happen uh no i don't know listen i'm toy story 4 like when toy story okay toy story 3 made uh just over a billion dollars toy story 4 made just over a billion dollars yeah it makes sense you make another one like I didn't like Toy Story 4, but clearly the majority of people did because it has a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes with over 50,000 verified ratings. Okay, so people liked it. People liked it. It made them a lot of money. So here's what you do with business. And as the fan, we have every right to be concerned. We have every right to go, uh, no, please, please, just, just leave it, please. You make another you make another one and mm-hmm. and if you know what if for turns out fifth time was the charm and it doesn't work and nobody likes it and it doesn't make any money then you're done yeah right well then, and, and then and that's whatever. that's the thing too right like if you don't want these sequels to be made then you need to vote with your wallet and you need to get other people to realize it's garbage and vote with their wallet and yeah like do what I do. I, I I'm not going to see it in theaters. I don't but care clearly, how much hype it gets. I'm, I'm I might not even watch it on uh, until Brady forces me to watch it, which will <laughs> right? be in so, theaters when I say we have to review it. But it's it's, it's neither here nor there. You can go do that. I have no interest. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, I really so don't. It's it's like it does makes it makes sense to me though. You know the, what? As much as I don't yeah. want them to make another one, if I'm Disney, if I'm Pixar, and I'm looking at these numbers, yeah, and and, and that's what I they care think, about is the the numbers. Yeah, and you know what? Like, so like I said, if you every, don't if you don't want these made, you got to vote with your wallet and not go and get other people to do the same. And in this past month, last month, this is a this is a tangent here, like. Uh, the people who'd make D and D had this big uproar and people started canceling their subscriptions to their D and D website. And they ended up kind of reversing every decision they made that month because people voted with their wallet. Right. Same thing's happening with Netflix right now. There's a big movement right now in Canada because of, we've talked about this previously about the password sharing. And there are a lot of people that are p- pushing this to cancel Netflix subscriptions to yeah. try and get Netflix. Now, We've, They're this just is a, baby this whiners. Is, this is a bigger tangent than I thought. Free. Like Netflix yeah. has every right to get you to yeah. not share your password, and it's not. And it's not. However, work. Netflix is not. Their back implementation down. of this is horrid. Like, How so? Well, even if 
even if I'm not sharing my password with anybody, I can't, uh-huh. I can't travel and use my Netflix account. I can't, they've yes, made you it can. you not without jumping through absurd hoops. Well, it just sends an email to your thing. No, you? no, no, no. It's, it's, it takes a lot more than that. I've, I've, I've been watching some videos about people calling Netflix and asking them like, what do I have to do? And it's, they're making it harder than it should be. Like right. I, I get not sharing passwords, but make, make it easy for people to still use their accounts. Wherever, I don't know. Why are you watching Netflix when you're traveling? Live in the moment. It, pardon? I said, why are you watching Netflix when you're traveling? Live in the moment. <laughs> but I, you know what I'm like? Well, like maybe, maybe I'm on a road trip and I got my, my, my daughter using a device watching Netflix in the back of the car. Cause I don't want to have to deal with her. Yeah. Right. Like, I, now I have to jump through hoops just so that I can use my own account that I'm paying for. Well, the thing about the Netflix thing is other, anyway. the reason why everyone's so upset, like other subscript, there are other subscription services like Apple TV that have been doing this since the beginning and nobody's upset about it. Nobody It's just because so many people have been able to steal Netflix up until this point that now they're like, well, <laughs> yeah. what the hell? The, the the big point I'm making though is like if if you didn't like Toy Story four, you think they're gonna ruin Toy Story five, don't see it. Vote with your wallet. It it if enough people do it, then they will look at the numbers and they'll go, Oh crap, people don't like this. Let's stop making sequels and make original content. Yeah. I don't see that happening. I I think this film's gonna do big big bank. Um Oh, not with and, this. No. <laughs> like you're you're gonna have to have a huge movement of people to really make yeah. that kind of an impact. And yeah. you're not gonna it's gonna be harder to do with a, a movie like this for sure. Yeah, you're not you're but not gonna get the world to boycott story for Toy Story Five. Yeah, that's <laughs> like the only just... way you, you you make you make change and to make a large corporation make change is you you yeah. you hit them where it hurts. Yeah. So I, I'm excited for Toy Story 5. I'm dubious as hell, but I think part of me is like, well, maybe instead of Toy Story 4 being an ending I wasn't happy with, it will be a, a blip on the map. It will be the one eh, mediocre stepping stone towards an, another great film. So that's, I think that's kind of my hope. I'm hoping it will yeah. sort of redeem my Toy Story canon. It'll be va- a valley before the peak. Yeah. Okay, moving on. So Deadpool 3. We've been talking about Deadpool 3 and and Hugh Jackman's return. One of the biggest, literally, when it comes to movie news or specifically comic book movie news, one of the most significant announcements one of the most significant pieces of movie news uh that has happened maybe forever um but certainly in the last who knows how long is hugh jackman's return as wolverine um just simply because he was so adamant that he wasn't going to do it again Mm -hmm. right that he was like he was done with it um and i was watching i was watching a an interview with Hugh Jackman the other day and someone was asking him, you know, like you've talked about, you've talked about how miserable the, uh, the, the Wolverine diet and workout regimen is like, what, what is your plan? Are you, how big are you planning to get? Right? Like what, what, how far are you going to go with it this time? 
And Hugh Jackman said, well, you know, uh, in every film we did, I was bigger than I had been ever before. Mm -hmm. And it would be a shame to break that trend. (laughs) So Hugh Jackman is planning on getting more ripped. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Uh, It's amazing. But so... One of the things about Hugh Jackman's Wolverine character, if you look throughout all of the X-Men movies, one of his his major plot points, one of the things that was like sort of a through story in in all of those films was Wolverine was Logan's relationship with Professor X. Yeah. Right? Right from the get-go. That's kind of how they set up the first X-Men was, was yeah, Charles. All the way through a, to Logan. Yeah. yeah Charles's ability to to help Logan sort of discover and unpack his his past, right? Charles was kind of taking care of Logan. And right through, and they it kind of came full circle um in Logan when when Wolverine is is taking care of an old um and somewhat senile <laughs> Professor X. Uh, and so questions started being asked is if we're getting the return of Logan as of Wolverine, uh, and we just saw Professor X, we just saw Patrick Stewart as Professor X, a a multiverse version an Elseworlds version of him in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Could it be possible because this film's taking place before the events of Logan. So Professor X, spoiler alert, is still alive at this point. Is it possible that we will see the return of Sir Patrick Stewart as Professor X? So he was asked in an interview. And Patrick Stewart said, I have been told to stand by. <laughs> to be ready to make sure that there is there's a, a a gap available in my my calendar. Now this wasn't he didn't flat out come out and say, Yes, I'm in it. Of course I'm in it. But I think this is as much confirmation as you could possibly hope for on the mere fact that there are actors out there who maybe you say were thinking about using you. So if you can, maybe keep your calendar open, blah, 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 but we're not 100% sure. You don't tell Sir Patrick Stewart to keep his calendar open if you're not planning on using Sir Patrick Stewart in your film. So I think yeah. it's it's pretty much it's pretty much a, a given okay. at this point that Professor X is going to show up in, in Deadpool 3, which I think is so fun and fitting and appropriate. I, I don't think, know. The question is, is this going to be a cameo? Is it going yeah. to be a minor supporting role? Is it going to be a major supporting role? Is this going to be, you know, like, is he going to be very prominent in this film? I think the only reason he would he would say that on TV and then not be in the film is if they paid him to do so. <laughs> just, yeah, I just don't. To, just, you know, yeah. like, create that ambiguity about what the film is going to be about and who's going to be in it, you know? But you know what? Kind that would Toby create... Toby McGuire, Andrew that's Garfield, That's the wrong Spider-Man kind of misdirection, thing. right? Like, you can you can do misdirection where, where someone says, are you in this film? And they say no. 
But if you start leading people to believe, like the studio would not do that, right? Marvel is not going to say, okay, we kind of want to sell some extra tickets. So <laughs> if you could make people think that maybe you're, that's going to create, that's the that's the wrong kind of response. Like <laughs> when it turns out he's not we in were it. talking about earlier. The witch? <laughs> that lawsuit situation we were talking about. Oh, yeah, about. yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not quite the same because it's not like flat out yeah. advertising that yes, he's, he's not, in it. Yeah, he's just saying, oh, they, they told me to stand by. Yeah, stand by. But, but maybe I, he's saying, stand by, you're going to see it with everyone else. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, either way, this is really cool news. Yeah, it makes, uh, yeah, Patrick Stewart is like an iconic Professor X. Oh, uh, he's oh, what's his name? Who who played the younger for the version? Uh, uh, James McAvoy. Yeah, he did a great job. Mm-hmm. But like, come on, come Sir on, Sir Patrick Stewart. He's got you beat. Sorry, that's, hands down. You know, that's one of those it. things. Everyone talks about like, oh, how are we going to, you know, how how when <clears throat> when Marvel finally does their version of X Men. How are you going to find and cast a Wolverine that we're all on board with and we accept as a Wolverine after this this amazing run that Hugh Jackman has had? Yeah. Uh, for me, maybe not quite the same level, but Professor X is up there. How are you going to yeah. to well, give and Magneto us right alongside him too? Yeah. And Magneto. Yeah. I mean, Michael Fassbender was great. He was. Yep. yep. But Sir Ian McKellen as I, I, like it was just so good. Th- this might be controversial. I like Fastbender better. Really? Yeah. You don't like old man, old man uh, Magneto? I thought Magneto in I like the 90s Magneto in the comic books. Like every every superhero and villain in the 90s was like jacked, <laughs> right? Right. And uh, Ian McKellen's Magneto just seemed frail. Well, he was this, he was meant to be like part of their story was that he was the same age yeah. and had all this well, history with Charles. Professor X. Yeah, and like I get that, but yeah, I don't know. He just to me in my mind Magneto's not a frail looking individual. And not that right. Ian McKellen looks frail, but I mean, like no. in comparison to Fassbender, the man, he's, the man he's, fought he's off old a and frail. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. All right, moving on. Listen, I usually when I send you a trailer and I say we're going to talk about this trailer on the show, it's usually for like a big upcoming property that is a follow up to. It's like a DC trailer. It's a it's an MCU trailer. It's a Star Wars thing. It's you yep. know something yep. that usually is sort of some in line with what culture-y. we yeah in line with what we normally talk about. And so you were surprised, as was I, sort of, that I was sending you a trailer for a dog movie, a movie, a, a comedy about an some R-rated talking dogs. dog movie comedy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Called Strays. Yeah. I, Why? <laughs> I, I heard some buzz about this trailer a couple days ago, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah whatever. Um, and then something something possessed me the other night. It was last night or the night before. The night before. 
to um to put it on. I think it probably like showed up in my suggested whatever. And I was like, okay, well, I should check this out because people are people are talking about it and say, says it re- looks really good. Um, wow. <laughs> Listen, I'm not a dog person. I'm not. And I'm a pretty firm believer that good comedies, good, truly bust-a-gut comedies have pretty much almost gone the way of the dodo bird. Like, there's a lot of crap coming out in the last 10, 15 years. Um, not a fan of of most of it. It's just like, I don't know. It's just like, for whatever reason, it doesn't land. I, I don't, it doesn't work for me. Um, I watched the trailer for Strays and <laughs> pretty much... From the get-go. There's a couple of lines specifically that I can't even repeat on the podcast because they're quite explicit. Um, This trailer looks amazing to me. And it's just a trailer. So it could be a horrible movie. Could be a great trailer for a horrible movie. But if this trailer is an indication of what the film is going to be, I this is a film that you and I need to sit down and watch together. This is yeah. a traditional Brady and Carl sitting with with a liter of chocolate milk each just like I I don't know. I it's so to me this was so and I'm not even a huge Will Ferrell fan. But something about all the ingredients in this. Um I'm going to I, again, I can't like I can't really quote it, but there's it starts out and Will Ferrell's kind of like narrating the trailer, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Yeah, this is my this is my owner. This is like this guy's he's the best owner that's ever lived." And you know, and the guy's like throwing a beer can at the dog and swearing at him jerk. and stuff like that. <laughs> and then he's like, "We're you know, and this is our this is my favorite game. It's called <laughs> fetch and bleep." Right. And he's like, here's what happens. My owner takes me really far away away from the house, (laughs) throws the ball and then drives home without me. And then when I come home with the ball, he says, bleep. And that's how I know I've won. <laughs> and it's it's just the dog showing up. Obviously, he's like trying to ditch this dog. Yeah. And the dog shows up and the guy sees the dog and he goes, ah, bleep. <laughs> like it's I don't know. It was it, it, this trailer is so <clears throat> funny to me. Anyways, I sent it to you. You've not we've not talked about it at all yet. So I don't know what you thought. Um, but yeah, you saw the trailer. What'd you think? Uh, yeah, I was a little perturbed when I like, why, why is Brady adding this to the list? This isn't kind of the normal content we cover. I watched the trailer and I'm, I don't dislike Will Ferrell, but for me, a lot of his, his films are very hit and miss in terms of his, especially his comedy. Yeah. Um, this one, I think this one might might work for me uh, in terms of a Will Ferrell film. Um, the, the character he's playing is kind of like a dopey, um, sheltered individual. He, a dog. <laughs> uh, 
does doesn't know the way of the world kind of thing. So it's kind of like Elf in that way, which is a which is a great Will Ferrell comedy. Um, so yeah, if, if that's kind of this was kind of Elfish in, in in terms of the tone of the film, then I think it'll be great. But then there's a few bits in the trailer that are just kind of like that low brow humor, like easy, low hanging fruit, pick it up off the ground, low hanging fruit. Like there's like the dogs uh, humping the, the dogs humping things. And it's just like, okay, you get, a, like, you get a little, you get a belly chuckle out of me, maybe out of that, but it's not, but it's not, there's no, cl- it's not clever, right? It's, yeah. I don't think it's that clever. But it, I, it's got. There were a few moments in the film, like when, right at, at the beginning, when he's narrating and he's talking about how great his his owner is and stuff like that. And I was kind of uh, in the last year, I I've seen uh, a dog's purpose, which is a great dog film, and I was kind of getting a dog's purpose kind of vibes from it. And then when when he throws the the beer can at him. You get this revelation that his owner's a dick. I was, I, I, I got like, that was really funny. And like the yeah, whole and, game thing. And it kind of got you described, me thinking. I'm that like, was really funny. Right. Do so pets there's, know there's a lot of potential. Yeah. Right. Like do pets know when we're jerks to them? Like, <laughs> yeah. Or are they just know. like, Oh man, he's, he's, he's throwing a beer can so I can fetch it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, so, Oh man, like there is, yeah, they could do a lot of really funny stuff with this. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to yeah, it might might be worth a watch. Yeah, cool. All right, finally, and I mean that in terms of the podcast, and I also just mean that in terms of how long we've waited during the Super Bowl. The trailer dropped for the Flash. Now, like a year and a bit ago, we got a teaser. And it wasn't, you know, teasers in Carl's contractual has to watch the first trailer of a thing so that we can talk about it. Teasers are exempt from that because teasers like often it's not even like really a trailer. You can't you can't always get the feel. Some teasers are like a minute and a half long and they feel like an actual trailer. But some teasers are like 40 seconds and it's just like, okay, audience, remember we're making this um so the first trailer the first actual full proper trailer for the flash has dropped i obviously the world has gone into this with interesting feelings um some of us are very excited for for people who we knew were were returning um are now <clears throat> very interested and excited for people we didn't know were returning. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is all the Ezra Miller stuff. And and so that was kind of sort of a weird vibe for a lot of people going into this trailer, myself included to some extent, understanding that this film was made mostly before a lot of that stuff started happening. So it wasn't like the filmmakers, the filmmakers weren't making this film with someone who was in the process of doing those things. They couldn't have known that these things (laughs) were right around the corner. Um, But yeah, 
We've heard many people say, including James Gunn, that this is one of the greatest superhero films ever made, one of the greatest comic book films made. Um, and yes, James Gunn is the head of DC, but he also had nothing to do with making this film um, and and has recently crapped all over the Batgirl movie and basically said, like, yes, this film, I've seen the film and it's not releasable. It's like, it's... <laughs> Not good. Um, so I don't think he would. He 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 gains very little by by promoting. In fact, it hinders him if he says, "Hey, this is one of the greatest comic book films ever made," and then it comes out and it turns out it's a horrible film. All that's going to do is hurt his new empire. It's going to hurt the the trust that he's trying to get people to put in him, right? Because people will go, "Oh, James Gunn thinks that's the greatest." You know, like, okay, I'm not going to go see anything he makes. It's not an exaggeration to say I've seen this trailer 10 times. It's also not an exaggeration to say that at least nine out of those 10 times, I have had an involuntary involuntary emotional response that I have teared up, that I have cried during this trailer. Not because of the sad moments. These are like happy chills. These are, this is like, this is like when your body would get chills, but it's exceeding what chills are are capable of expressing. And so then you start crying instead. This trailer looks amazing to me. This is, I'm just talking about me right now. Maybe Carl thinks it's flaming dog crap. I don't know. (laughs) This trailer is it is emotional. You get you get that classic flashpoint backstory of of you know they're asking like you can go anywhere. You can go to any timeline, you can do whatever. Like why why stay here? Why fight for this one? And Barry says cuz this is the one where my mom is. Right? And the story of Flashpoint, that's the whole point. That's the crux of it is that he's he's going back in time and he's trying to save his mom from dying when he's a kid. So you get that. You get the multiple Barry Allens because of obviously we're messing with timelines and we're messing with whatever. And I thought it was, I liked the whole, this is my face. <laughs> you stole my face. I thought that was yeah. that was good. I liked that. Um, I was not, and maybe this said, like, again, I think that Ezra Miller's actions are deplorable. I was not put off by seeing Ezra in this role in the trailer. It didn't bother me. I was still very excited for the film. Um, we see the return of Michael Shannon as General Zod. So, yeah. Holy that was crap. an interesting, that's a, that's an interesting twist on the story that they're throwing in there. Yeah, so like when he says like I've I've wrecked the universe, like we're going back to the beginning of the DC universe. Yeah, like we're no no a, a universe with no meta humans apparently. <laughs> yes. So we see that there's the incredible shot with the two flashes like their heels touching in the desert and like all mm. the lightning and all this stuff. There we see Supergirl. We see we see Kara Zor-El. And she looks badass. Like she looks really badass. Mm-hmm. Um, just her fighting and her her even in the in that like full body 
sort of like suit that she's her her Supergirl suit. That looks really cool. Yeah. We see Ben Affleck as not only just as Bruce Wayne at one point when he's talking to Barry, but we do see a couple action shots of Ben Affleck. We see him on on like a bat suited, cycle. See him all suited up. We see him all suited up. We get full full bat fleck. But the moment that we need to talk about, the moment that I need to talk about, the moment that makes me cry is in the teaser. I, I'm assuming you never saw the teaser. I don't think so. Okay, so in the teaser, we just see Barry standing in the back cave, and then we get the shot from behind, like a silhouetted shot of Michael Keaton's back cowl. And we're just mm. like, oh, like, because we know, right? And we hear, like, it, Michael Keaton narrates the teaser. We hear his voice. We got a full, we get our first full frontal shot of Michael Keaton standing in the back cave at like zoom, the trailer basically stops to like zoom in this like moving forward shot as he's walking up to the railing in like a true like cinematography wise it felt like the 1989 batman type like it just yeah. transported but you through time the suit's almost identical too it's very very similar yeah a couple minor changes but very similar yeah. he's still i love that it's a one-piece cowl i love that he still can't turn his neck i love that <laughs> <laughs> and and so he walks out and one of the berries drops his mug and that was pretty much the response i had <laughs> i'm like yep okay that's on point yeah and and in a a sheer stroke <laughs> of genius they say you're you're and he goes yeah i'm batman and then the music, the Danny Elfman music starts and talk about how powerful music can be, right? Like, ba 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 ba. And he like dives off the thing with his cape open. And oh my God. <laughs> Even just talking about it right now, like my the hairs on my arms are standing up. And then we actually get something we've never gotten from Michael Keaton's Batman. We get, we see, we see Keaton suited up out in broad daylight at the end of this film or at the end of this trailer right and he goes like batman what do we do what do we do and he goes we try not to die and then he like pulls his he like moves his arm out of the way and there's there's kara zor-el like floating up in the oh my god oh my goodness this trailer it, this might be listen i because i've been thinking about this i'm thinking about like okay what trailers what reveals have we gotten i'm thinking like the end game trailer and i'm thinking like all these different trailers throughout the ages i was thinking about the batman versus superman trailer right the whole like tell me do you bleed thing because that was pretty epic when that mm -hmm. came out this might be in my opinion maybe the greatest comic book trailer that we've ever gotten and so I don't think it's a stretch to say that the film might be in the same kind of category. Anyways, you saw this trailer, probably much to your chagrin, but hopefully, <laughs> yes. hopefully yeah. you you had the same sort of at least. I'm wishing some I'd had, I'm wishing I hadn't seen it. Yeah, I know, I know. As soon as <laughs> really? Zod showed up, I was like, oh dear, that's well, dead. not even Zod, like Zod and Supergirl showing up, like. Immediately, well, we I'm knew like, Supergirl was in this movie. This maybe you didn't. This I didn't. 
Okay. So, I had no anyways, idea. You, you saw the trailer, removing the fact that you wish you hadn't because of the, the things that have been revealed. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> talk about getting on a hype train. <laughs> really? Oh, my God. Really good. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, um, if, yeah, if I wasn't, uh, on the train before, I'm, I'm definitely on the train up in the engine room, stoking that fire, making it go faster. Can't putting, wait to, putting, to get to putting, the terminal. D- putting Doc Brown's colored logs in so that yeah. the thing explodes <laughs> yeah. and we get there yeah. faster. <laughs> I do have one gripe. Oh, okay. And it's not a big one. But, like, all of Keaton's action scenes in the trailer seemed CGI. Well, and it didn't like seem 70. great. Like, it wasn't bad, well, but it, might it not seemed be finished. obvious. Right? It's just a trailer. It, it yeah. Quite often no, no, we no. see trailers with unfinished like, it's not, effects. It's not the end. It's, it's potentially not the end product. I get that. But, but... Yeah, it just, it seemed obviously CGI where, you know, like we've, we've had so much, so many Marvel films that with such great CGI and, um, some of them, some of the Marvel films have like weird CGI though. Like it, it seems hit or miss from film to film. They hit it more than they miss it. Like they do. No, absolutely. The big standout for me is like Guardians of the Galaxy. When yeah, when I watched that Groot. film and Root Groot and Rocket, it never I never think twice about them being CGI. No, you buy it. Like yeah, I, I buy it one hundred percent that that's a talking raccoon. Hulk that's has a talking tree. Incredible. Like for me to then watch this and and be like, oh, that's that's a CGI Keaton and that's a CGI Supergirl, right? And like. Some of the super, yeah, some of the super wasn't, girl wasn't stuff horrible. Seemed a little weird. Like it's, I would say it's passable. Like it's a, yeah, it's fine. Hopefully, the end product is a little cleaner. Even if it's not, I think when we're sitting in the theater looking up at that screen, it's not going to matter. <laughs> Potentially, <laughs> like, yeah. So like, but like even the first time I watched it, especially when when he swooped down and kind of swooped up, I was like, wow, oh. that was that was CG. Yeah. <laughs> like it didn't, yeah. it didn't I mean, well, not it look CG, <laughs> which <laughs> wh- like, I guess I, I don't think, I, I don't think it's impossible for them to have made it like they, they could have made it better is what I, I guess I'm trying to say. So yeah. Why it doesn't look it, better in be. this trailer. I don't know. Will it look better in final product? Hopefully that's my only gripe. I, I don't think it's a big one because like I said, even though it was noticeable, it wasn't bad. Right. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I was it, I was watching someone online and, and they said something that kind of hit the nail on the head, I think. There were there was speculation. There was a couple of people who who hopped on the internet right away, like the the Reddit warriors, um and because they misinterpreted something that happened in the trailer. Um, we see Ben Affleck on on a bat cycle at one point. Right. And, and it, it kind of looks like... Um, a lot of people thought, oh my God, it's Christian Bale. Yeah. And it's not. It's it a looks different... looks like Christian Bale's cycle. We clearly see later in the trailer that it's it's 
it's <clears throat> Batfleck, and we yeah. do see um, like if you compare if you compare the bat cycles, it's it's not Christian Bale's bat cycle. Mm-hmm. Right, Christian Bale's bat cycle is like one big fat tire because it was ha- it was it came out of the tumbler, whereas um, whereas the one that's in the trailer has like two front tires, blah blah blah. But and we have no reason to think, and I'm leaning towards thinking he's not. But if Christian Bale makes a cameo in this film. And listen, he's not he's not a Batman that I'm crazy about. Right? I've been very public about that. Mm-hmm. I think the Christopher Nolan films are excellent, but I don't think he's the best Batman. I think there's a lot of like diehard fans on the internet that aren't even diehard fans. They just love that trilogy because that's the cool thing to do. They're like trend followers. <coughs> <laughs> if if Christian Bale makes a cameo in this film. The You're, you're going to storm out of the theater. The No, the pop <laughs> from the audience, the screams, the hoops and the hollers will be heard around the world. Like, take, and, and these are the examples that someone else gave, take the reveal of of J. Jonah Jameson showing up at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home, right? When he shows up and everyone lost their minds, take that and throw it out the window. It is going to be, you won't be able to hear, like hopefully, hopefully if he does show up, he's on screen for a couple of seconds before any dialogue happens because you're not going to be able to hear anything. Like people will lose their titles, please <laughs> minds. So I don't think he is. I, I, there's no reason for us to think that he is. Yeah. Um, it, it It's from the trailer. At least it just seems like two universes colliding, not anything more like what they did. Right. with Spider-Man. No way home. Yeah. But, um, but it's, but we don't know. I mean, they could do, it could be anything. Right. Yeah. George Clooney could show up. <laughs> I Boy, was that was not. something that I kind of like. I was like, man, are there any are there any like it'll be interesting to see if there's references in the Batcave cuz it's clearly an upgraded Batcave since the last time we saw Michael Keaton. Right. Um and so will there be any like references to old villains or will we see like I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like if at one point as, as his wife or as his love interest, or if, even if he's just talking about it, like will Michelle Pfeiffer, not in the Catwoman costume, but will Michelle Pfeiffer show up as Selena Kyle? That would be incredible. Kind of, just kind of walks down the stairs from the mansion and be like, Alfred says dinner's ready and you got to come up. (laughs) Turns around and goes back up. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You know, like, because I was thinking, like, who could you pull from from that canon's rogues gallery? And you wouldn't, because it's just like, there's no point in bringing a villain in. Well, especially when you've got Zod as the primary antagonist. Like, well, we don't know that. that We don't know that he's the primary antagonist. But yeah, change. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I think so. I think if you're going to bring anyone in, obviously Vicky Vale's out because that 
fizzled. But Selena, Michelle Pfeiffer as Selena Kyle, people would lose their minds, man. They would lose their minds. Mm. It's a, it's yeah. A cool, uh, yeah. Be a All right. Well, that's, listen, bit. that's the news. Uh, well, I mean, you could also, you know, everybody chill. Just, <laughs> just chill. Little Mr. Freeze. Oh, my God. It's so bad. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the news. Um, yeah, I oh, I can't wait. I just, June cannot come soon enough is, yeah. is kind of where I'm well, at right now. Yeah. It'll come eventually. And, and then well, we don't know. We'll World watch Guardians of the Galaxy. World could end. Yeah, and then this, <laughs> I mean, this week, this week, um, Ant-Man and the Wasp drops. Yep. Yeah, this weekend. Yeah. So we got, uh, we got some, some stuff ahead of us next week to, mm-hmm. to be, shitty chatting about thank you for listening thank you for putting up with us you know our parents don't do it anymore so it's nice to know that um that someone out there cares you know yeah do do they though we don't we don't see them well i mean they listen they, so do they though I mean, maybe they just yeah. put hit play and walk away I appreciate that as well. That's still that <laughs> seems like a bigger inconvenience than anything else. Like why? That why? You care that much about our numbers that you're just like I'm not going to listen. But I pat, do patting our numbers. Sure. Yeah. If you Thank care, you. pat our numbers. Yeah, that that uh, that helps. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all listed below. Our merch page and also our Patreon. Um, for as little as a dollar a month, you can support our show. Helps us pay the bills, and it lines your pockets with a bunch of goodies. Um, Increased voting power when Pete and I review films that we're posting votes for. We throw up four different options. You get to choose. You get to vote. You get to try to choose what film we're going to watch and review. Um, And our Patreon is a great way to make your vote count for more. Um, And also just some exclusive content. Some bonus episodes that don't get launched to the general public. Um, so yeah, yeah. Oh man, it's just that line. I'm gonna go watch. I gotta go watch the trailer again. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I when you were first describing it, I was watching. I don't know my laptop here playing with the sound off. And uh, <laughs> did it kind of t- <laughs> back on the CGI thing? I have it paused right now on the sh- a shot where Batman's about to punch the thug and Supergirl comes in and just like annihilates him. And it's, it looks like, again, it looks really good, but it looks like something from a high end video game. <laughs> well, and you can't like, you can't yeah. pull screenshots out of, you can't no, pull one I, frame I, out uh, of You know? Yeah. I mean, it, it still looks, don't get me wrong. It looks amazing. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Michael Keaton's Batman. He is. Yeah. When, (laughs) when Michael Keaton said I'm Batman. Yeah. I, I was watching it alone the first time. I like, I was sitting there (gasps) by myself and I vocally said, you damn right. You are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was actually, you know what? You know what? The, the really nice thing about that was what I could understand him. (laughs) I'm <laughs> 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 <laughs>